Welcome back to the Gillette Health Podcast, where we give you tools to develop a balanced approach for health. I'm Dr. Kyle Gillette, and today we are joined by our newest nurse practitioner at Gillette Health, Amanda Morris. Thank Come you on. for joining us. Give me a clap. Give me a clap. No, joking. Um, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. We have a lot to talk about on our podcast today. I know you and James um, collaborate a lot and do a lot of podcasts with a lot of information, but today we want to be talking about um, what we're doing at Gillette Health, how it's different, and really highlight some of that. So, yeah. Absolutely. We have a ton of interest that carry over. Today, some of the things that we want to cover is direct primary care, mm -hmm. what is functional medicine and what it is not, and also gut health and gut health protocols and a little bit of background as well. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, uh, don't let me tell the whole story. Tell me about more how you ended up here. Well, you would um, hear me complain a lot about a lot of the issues that we were having just um, in our primary care clinic. Obviously, um, doing primary care and functional medicine, um, it's there's kind of that fine line. I think both of us um, look at the science, uh, which is a lot different than a lot of people that do functional medicine. So we like to combine that. And so as we kind of talked through that and would share, you know, some of the issues we were having, um, we just kind of decided to bring that all together. So that's a good synopsis. I mean, we yeah. share we share a lot of things that we enjoy. Uh, in common. For example, gut health, mm -hmm. preventative care, which should yeah. be part of every primary care. Yeah. So I think that we're certainly kindred spirits when it comes to that. I think that you have um, a lot of particular interest in not only mechanism of action, mm -hmm. but functional medicine in general, um, which is kind of a misnomer. Tell us more about like uh, what functional medicine is supposed to be and perhaps what it's not. Well, I mean, I think I think both of us kind of like bang our heads against the wall sometimes when um, when you look at getting to root cause, um, it, that's that's kind of what sets um, that type of practice apart, right? So it's uh, it shouldn't be such a like um, taboo to oh my gosh, figure out why something's happening rather than just give a medication to it. Both of us prescribe medication every day, and I tell that to patients, medication isn't bad. It's just finding the balance. And so um, it's, yeah, it, I think that's kind of the thing that really gets me really passionate about it is because, like, why is it so taboo to think outside of the box, which both of us do that. Mm -hmm. um, so getting back to the question of functional medicine, I like to call it root cause medicine. And um, that takes sometimes additional testing. It takes additional time, which in the insurance-based model, when we're just like moving people through, we don't always have time to like do a deep dive on that. Um, and so that's a really, I love, and I know you like that too. So um, it's just thinking about stuff a little differently, always going deeper. Mm -hmm. So one thing we were discussing today is what should be included in you know, like the price for signing up for a clinic. There's, there's all sorts of hormone clinics, there's functional medicine clinics, there's peptide clinics. And often even in functional medicine, certain things are included in the price of membership. Um, I thought that it was a, a productive discussion to discuss like how that might be beneficial or how that might be detrimental. Um, yeah, what, what were some of your thoughts on that? And how do you see, um, like your patients at Gillette Health benefiting from not having things like low-dose naltrexone included in their membership. Right. So you obviously, it, I mean, 
we could really cater to what a lot of people are wanting by saying this is included and that's included. But that kind of gets back to that cookie cutter medicine where everybody's kind of doing the same thing. And so if you make something a part of a membership, then that means everybody should get it and it's going to all be equal. And uh, again, that's kind of what we're wanting to leave behind in that model that we're you know trying to practice differently is everybody gets the same thing and everything's equal. And so, um, you know, we could, yeah, include a lot of, we could include labs. We couldn't include PAPs, but as we know, PAP guidelines have changed, right? A lot, even since both you and I have been in practice. And so why would we add a PAP smear, that pathology part? Um, obviously collecting and doing the visit is part of your membership. Mm-hmm. But so we went back and forth on adding the lab like as part of your membership, but that's only once every three years. Or if someone's really low risk, maybe we stretch it out even longer. So it's hard to standardize it. And, um, you know, we also want to get away from... One of the things in the the insurance-based system that I know both of us have ran into is when patients, they're paying these really high premiums. And so if something isn't included in insurance, they're not going to do it. It doesn't matter if it could save their life or if they don't see the value in it. It's just like, it's this this head game kind of like, if anything's outside of what I pay for my insurance, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so we're really trying to get past that too, of like doing what is going to give us the most bang for our buck that's affordable and we're going to see results with. And so um, that's impossible to standardize. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it kind of comes down to. But we have, we've talked about it a lot on like, what are we going to include in memberships? Mm -hmm. Um, We had some good analogies regarding that too. And I think... um, even outside of the medical sphere, the optimal regimen for a patient is individualized. And I love that you said cookie cutter. Um, the My good friend, Derek, more plates, more dates, who's been all over media. He uses the term cookie cutter a lot as well. Yeah, and that's um, frustrating because it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's it's the same in a lot of treatments is, you know, and there are a lot of, quote, functional medicine clinics that, um, I mean, you've got them all across the spectrum, right? And it's like that in anything. Like, you've got the people that, like, are too far one way or too far another way. You have, you know, some that don't prescribe any medications or some that just are prescribing supplements, which is basically a medication, just, mm-hmm. you know, a different term. And yep. so when you are getting into that and like a gut protocol is everybody does the same test and everybody does, does the same regimen, um, I mean, it's just going to be different. And so, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that individualized, personalized medicine, I mean, there's all different names in that genre, um, mm-hmm. health optimization and individualized. And I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, but I think that's what it's kind of getting down to is like every mm-hmm. person is going to be different. Yeah. Um, that's a great analogy. Um, kind of on that topic of everybody being different. Sometimes I make a corollary between, um, you know, having a car and taking care of it and having a body. That's really just a machine Mm -hmm. with electrical systems and uh, physiology. And just like there's people that have cars, by the way, the context of this is uh, a healthy person, which we can talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. And this healthy person says, well, I'm healthy, so I don't need to see a doctor or a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. Just like if you have a car, if your car's running, you might not need to see a mechanic. There's kind of three subsets of people. One is um, the car guru. They love their car. It's a supercar. They put turbochargers on it. They put it in the garage. They don't drive it when it's raining or storming outside. They're constantly yep. waxing on and yep. waxing off. Yeah. They probably have an expert mechanic. Yeah. 
and they probably do above and beyond preventive maintenance. That's and, fine. That's sorry great. Sorry to stop you. The, they put a lot of value in that, and mm -hmm. everybody, the way they value their health is different. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can tell that by yep. how they take care of their car. Car enthusiasts, chime in and comment below uh, how much you've spent on your car hobby versus how much you've spent on health optimization. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the second type of person is the just the regular person. They get their oil changing, uh, you know, tires rotated, just the bare basics. And then the third type of person, they have a car, never get an oil change, yeah. never rotate the tires or even change the tires. If it's driving, they drive it. And it's the same way for having a human body machine. It is okay to do all three. I would certainly want to be more in the first category considering you can't just, well, currently you can't just buy another body and you get a lot of performance out of it, whether it's cognitively or athletically. Anyway, um, how do you see perhaps someone that is healthy, but they do want to optimize their health, but they don't want to spend a lot of time in it um, in the context of like direct primary care versus the insurance model? Yeah, I'm, that's a very, there's a lot of answers for that. I use the, the body and the car analogy in a lot, I mean, multiple times daily. So, um, but I think that it, um, gosh, where would we start with that? Um, I think it kind of comes down to, again, your values and how much you value that. I think for some people, um, they could save money in a direct primary care type of model or a model where they're, no matter how healthy you feel like you are, we can always optimize. We know that you're working with people every day that a lot of them are overall healthy, but they're wanting to optimize their hormones or they're wanting just a like better quality of life. Um, and so I think that, I think it comes down to values at the first. Um, say, say the question again or what you're trying to go with. If you were in their shoes, for example, maybe take my older brother as an example, who was recently on the podcast, um, relatively healthy, you know, arguably doesn't need to see a doctor, just like I arguably don't need to see a dentist, I guess. <laughs> well, that's another topic of discussion. Yeah. But um, like, you know, uh, he's essentially self-employed. He doesn't have, um, he doesn't have a job with like a huge corporate company or employer. What are his options for getting like health sharing, insurance, and picking who he just gets his preventive maintenance with? So it, I mean, again, it kind of comes down to what type of plan is going to, is going to work for him. And that can look different. That's why we really are wanting to offer different plans. And, you know, there's, there are a lot of direct primary care offices that go by age. Um, there are some that go by different tiers. We want to make sure that we're accessible to everybody, you know, um, everybody that wants to place their value in health. But I always tell people when they're trying to decide, and it really is individualized on like what's going to be the best plan for them, but um, they may save money. I mean, if they yeah. went over to a health share because they're overall healthy and, um, you know, they don't do a lot of consultations with their provider, they aren't like sending a lot of emails with questions, you know, they're more like... Um, in the driver's seat, there's that car analogy again, of their health, then, then maybe going with a health share where it's what we would consider more of like a catastrophic plan is gonna be best for him. Knowing him, I would say that like a health share with a DPC is gonna be his best, like bang for his buck. Yep. Um, you know, he isn't going to be using it often, um, but when he does, it's gonna come in handy and he's not gonna have copays and he's not, um, you know, gonna be, using or needing what we typically would say health insurance would cover. Mm -hmm. um, so 
and I, and I think it can be different for families. For example, one of the families that um, uh, is signed up for us with DPC, um, she rarely uses it as a mom. They're not having any more kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but her kids, they're like four and two and one. I mean, they're always sick, even though they're overall healthy, they're eating great and all that. And so she is, she picked more of a plan because she knows they're going to need it more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, she's probably going to sign up for more of like come in for a physical once a year and op- try to optimize as best as she can, but she's not going to need a lot of those, you know, more frequent visits. Yeah. So I think it really does depend on the person and, um, we really try to cater to that so that there's plans for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, on HealthShare, though, you know, we have um, partnered with Zion, which if you don't know what a HealthShare is, we can talk about that for a, for a second. Yeah. But it's a great option for people, again, that are overall healthy. They don't have a lot of chronic disease yet. And that kind of goes back to that other question of, mm-hmm. OK, you're healthy and maybe you don't need it. But what are your genetics like? What yeah. could be stacked up against for you down the road? Yeah. And that's what we really try to when we're looking at prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a HealthShare, it's basically... It comes back, I can't believe we're going back to the car analogy, and this was not planned, but is like car insurance. And health insurance has just like snowballed to where, um, you know, when you look at a car insurance model, we have a pretty low premium every month. It's not putting gas in your car. It's not putting tires on your car. It's not doing your oil changes. So you get to place your value where you want with your dollar. Mm -hmm. And um, then you could, that can pay for a gym membership if you want and supplements and healthier foods. And so your money is actually going to your health. Whereas in the insurance model, you've got this really high premium, um, which, you know, this year alone, rates have went up 30%, which is just like astronomical. Um, We didn't change our prices, did we? So it's not going to us, you know? And so then it comes down to you are paying all this premium. That's that mindset for patients. They don't want to pay anything that's outside of what their premium is going to cover. And so it has, it trickles down to your health. And so when you go with the health share, then you're paying a low premium. It's there for an emergency. You have to go have a surgery or you get an accident and you're at the ER. It starts to pay for those things. But then all that money that you're saving every month on that premium goes in your own pocket and you get to do with it what you want. It's not going into these big corporations pockets that, you know, we know what they Mm -hmm. do with their money. Yeah. So, I mean, again, car analogy, but that's what we're trying to get back to is we want patients um, to spend their dollar where they put their value. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it's health because when you do it at a young age, before you have chronic disease, then you're going to have way better outcomes Mm -hmm. and you're going to have more optimized. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba health like Mm -hmm. as we age we very strongly believe that 
the patient should be in charge of their own health and their own body. And after the sh shared decision-making process with their healthcare provider, they will make that informed decision instead of the insurance company making that decision for them. Because whether it is covered or not is often the rate limiting step mm -hmm. for a therapy. And it's not always about health, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's uh, something that as providers, again, we like bang our heads against the wall because it doesn't matter what we think is best for the patient or what mm -hmm. the patient thinks is best for them. It matters what their insurance is gonna cover. Yep. And so in direct primary care, we're taking that out of the equation completely. Yep. And we're doing what you, what we think is best mm -hmm. um, and what the patient thinks is best mm -hmm. together. And that's where that shared decision-making comes in. Now, does everybody need insurance? Absolutely. I mean, um, I they, think across the board, we, mm -hmm. we both agree in that. You have to have some way to pay for, let's say you get in a horrible car accident mm -hmm. and you're in the hospital for six months. You have to have some way to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Health sharing can pay for that. Um, also, health insurance can pay for that too. Mm -hmm. So one or the other or both. You can actually have both as well. Mm -hmm. And before the commenters are uh, typing too much about like taking insurance or not taking insurance, mm -hmm. we take insurance. We just don't bill the visit to insurance. It's called like a level three or level four. Mm -hmm. If there's a patient that has insurance and we can get, for example, a medication that they need covered, then... Um, we'll absolutely do a prior authorization or whatnot for that. Yeah, um, and and you know it again. That's going to differ between each and every patient mm -hmm. because you know your spouse may uh, have great benefits through their employer, mm -hmm. and um, and it's a pretty low cost. And so if they were to go do yeah. a health share um, or go do even like a catastrophic insurance plan, um, you know that's going to maybe be even more expensive. And mm -hmm. so. I think at the end of the day, we know that a direct primary care model is always going to have the value there if that's what the patient's mm -hmm. looking for. Um, and then it's just going to do it, it will depend person to person on what financially is going to be best for them. And again, may change through yeah. the lifespan. You know, if you're an individual that goes through your full deductible or even like family or individual out of pocket max every year, then in most cases, and obviously this is not like legal or insurance advice, but in most cases, the right thing to do is still have direct primary care, but choose a different insurance plan. Mm -hmm. Insurance in general is a sunk cost fallacy where once you've sunk that cost into both the premiums and money towards your deductible, you feel like you want to sink all of your costs toward that. Even if your like, money out of the pocket at the end of the day would be less if you did not fully go through the insurance model. Take Cleveland Clinic for an example. Um, Gillette Health's DPC membership fees are essentially a fee for the longitudinal care messaging from staff and providers over time. And if you have two messages, apparently they charge you up to $50 a message, that would be more than many people's membership fee. Right, right. And again, that's gonna depend, you know, person to person on like what type of support, you know, they need at the end of the day. Um, so, I mean, I think the bottom line is, is we need to have some type of coverage for emergencies. Um, but at the end of the day, 
direct primary care is going to have that value to like offset that. And, um, you know, your visits are included. Um, you might go months and months, just like in an insurance based model where you have no contact with your provider because you're feeling good, mm -hmm. feeling well, and you know, you're not having issues. And, um, and then like everybody, you might need a little more TLC for a little bit. And like, again, that's all included, um, in your membership. So, mm -hmm. Um, another thing that we both share in common is a passion to improve gut health, the microbiome. Um, how did you get into this? Well, like most people, I was having my own issues. I mean, I have a long history um, of gut issues, and it wasn't like that when I was younger. Obviously, going and working with a functional medicine provider, um, I figured out, actually, it does start for me as a kid um, with ear infections and three sets of tubes in my ears and all the antibiotics and strep throat and all of those things. Um, but like a lot of things, it didn't manifest until... I got older, yep. um, but I mean, I've always struggled uh, with my weight. So that's always been something that I didn't get a lot of guidance and support in my primary care. And mind you, I love my primary care provider. She is honestly not functional, like minded at all. And I, um, you know, have been in primary care for 14 years and I was going through all the steps of, um, you know, I had my gallbladder out and I did all of these treatments mm -hmm. that um, are more common than they should be, as yep. we know, in a Definitely. conventional medicine system. And I still wasn't getting better. And so I was a nurse practitioner at that point. And I had this patient come to me and she's like, you know, I'm listening, I'm working with this functional uh, provider, didn't know who he was. And, and she said, can you order these labs for me so that insurance will cover it? And I was like, okay, sure. I didn't know what the labs were, um, you know, and then I started seeing her labs improve things I had been trying to work on. Um, and I started seeing her feel better. And I was like, huh, so it, like piqued my interest. And then that same functional medicine provider sent me another patient. He's yeah. like, oh, I know this nurse practitioner that, you know, will order these labs for you. So go see her. So I'm like, okay, sure. Let's try this again. Almost identical in the case that they had, mm -hmm. same type of improvement. And so I was like, I got to call this guy. Like, what is he doing? And, um, went just to meet him over lunch and then left with a lab order and all of that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, within that month, that was the best I had felt in a long time. Was it a placebo effect? Because I kind of felt like finally for a long, for the first time in a long time, someone was listening to me, maybe, but I had made a lot of changes in nutrition and just lifestyle that no one had been able to take the time. Again, mm -hmm. I'm not knocking my primary care provider. She's amazing and very knowledgeable, but yep. we're in 10 and 20 minute visits. You don't have the time to deep dive. And so I think it was a combination of things that again, in that first month, um, where I started feeling better that I was like, okay, there is something to this. And I've always kind of thought outside of the box, you know? Um, and so that's really kind of what set me down that, um, that road. But getting back to your question on gut and thyroid, I hadn't had gut and thyroid issues like up until my early thirties. And I was like, what is going on? And so as I started learning about it for patients and starting applying it to my life, then I was like, you know, so, um, it's kind of interesting how all of that worked. And I always tell people too, when I'm comparing like whether it's direct primary care, um, to insurance-based fee-for-service model or, um, a conventional Western medicine approach to more of like a functional medicine approaches, neither one is more right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just kind of a different approach. And again, and I always say, I'm, I'm not knocking providers in one system or another saying one is better than another. It depends on the person, you know, mm -hmm. it depends 
depends. A functional medicine uh, type of protocol isn't for everybody because not everybody's going to want to make changes. Mm-hmm. Like some people just want a medication. And right. so both of us are really good, I think, at meeting a patient where they are. And I think that's yep. really important. Um, and again, said it again, say it over and over is it's going to be different for every person. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but gut and thyroid, it's things that I love working on. We know everything starts in the gut. Um, we've known that for a long time. And finally, conventional medicine is getting on board with that. Um, and you know, what I tell a lot of my colleagues and the primary care model is you don't really need to deep dive and learn it. Just know how to pick out a patient that needs some more support. If you've been trying to treat their IBS and, um, you don't know what to tell them nutrition wise and the medications you've tried isn't working. That's the patient that's perfect for us. Um, because we have the time to Mm -hmm. do the deep dive and, um, and a lot of protocols are, I mean, six months, you know, at, around six months where, um, again, you can start feeling better really quickly. And as we know, when you get a patient feeling better quickly, there's more Mm buy-in and they're more likely to continue and, um, and invest in that. So, yeah. Um, I think that is a wonderful microcosm, the story about, um, you know, each person's yours and my own health journey. And it helps provide us empathy with what to tell people. Mm -hmm. One thing that, Um, sometimes is not emphasized enough is functional medicine starts with solid evidence-based medicine with what we know we need to evaluate. For example, with IBS, in general, it's a diagnosis of exclusion and Mm -hmm. everything else should be excluded. And often it's not. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we do that a lot. I mean, when I frequently see, you know, um, routine diseases like celiac disease, Mm -hmm. and then you treat that and it's like, well, I guess that wasn't, we didn't, did we not do functional medicine? Um, perhaps they didn't even get a GI map, but mm-hmm. sometimes that's the best thing for the patient. Yeah. And, and I, and I tell people, and again, this is not like knocking, um, conventional mm-hmm. medicine or even specialties because we use them often. Um, but sometimes when I have a patient that has a lot going on and my red flags are up for things like uh, maybe some autoimmune or some mm-hmm. inflammatory bowel disease, I want to have them get a scope before we're doing, you know, there are a lot of treatment plans that if, if we certain supplements, we put a patient on and they had, you know, ulcers or something like Mm -hmm. they're going to, there's a lot of risk with that. And so, um, but again, differs for patient. We don't send every person to a GI to have a scope before we work with them. Mm -hmm. But again, because we specialize so much in this, like we kind of know what to pull Mm -hmm. out and what is kind of like, you know, should come first and yep. what we need to rule out before we start. And, um, and there's the whole idea of like test don't guess. I'm sure you've heard that before too. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, you can look at it two ways and it depends on the patient because um, test don't guess, we could order all these tests at the beginning um, and really have it like dictator treatment plan. Or if you have a patient that really is um, needing to be a little more strict with their funds at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, you could pull out what's going on for them and make some changes in nutrition and, and um, just a couple easy things at the beginning. And as we start seeing how they're responding, decide, mm-hmm. do we even need to do labs? I mean, obviously at the end of the day, I'd love to do labs on everybody, but again, it's, we love objective data. We, we really do. Um, but again, it's different for every person um, because uh, some of them are expensive. And mm-hmm. again, I've been in the insurance based model. Some people aren't going to pay for it because it's not covered by their insurance. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think both of us really do try to work on that. And we look mm-hmm. at them objectively, but you're listening to the history. And that strategy is the impetus behind the name of our clinic, individualized medicine, mm-hmm. because it really does depend on the individual. Um, 
there's a term in medical education. Well, it's a, it's a medical term in general, but it's emphasized in medical education and it's competence. So the competence of a provider and during education, whether as a nurse practitioner or as a medical doctor, at some point you do not have competence. So it's called incompetent. It kind of sounds a little bit perjurative, but anyway, <laughs> you have, when you first start, you have unconscious incompetence. You don't know why you don't know these things. Mm -hmm. And then you develop conscious incompetence. This is classically, at least in like a MD school, this is like your first and second year medical mm -hmm. students. You know that you are not competent to take care of that patient and you should be scared mm -hmm. because you do not know. And then you learn why you have conscious competence. In general, you're very good at mechanism of action, which again, we both love. And you know the physiology behind what you are doing and you can explain it well, preferably in layman's terms because mm -hmm. most of the patients that we have are not medical professionals, mm -hmm. probably similar to our uh, listeners as well. And then um, a lot of physicians, and this is well known and it's not necessarily a bad thing, like you said, develop um, unconscious competence. They still know what to do, but um, and they still do the right thing repetitively. Often this is after years of practice, uh, even with CME, but they don't necessarily um, identify like the root cause or whatnot. And functional medicine is more in the third of four groups. It's very difficult to practice root cause or individualized medicine without that conscious competence state. I like to say, we don't know what we don't know, but we know what we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, that's changed for me even over the last four years, you know, as I was like deciding, man, there is a very large patient population that I am not serving well with what I know or what I've been taught. And, um, and so it takes somebody to think it outside of the box. And it was scary because I'm like looking up every single lab at the beginning and I'm like, what's that supplement do? And trying to figure out like learning something new. And then it becomes more, you know, first nature and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But I think it's really cool. And I, I know a lot of our patients agree um, how we are in this kind of nebulous of in between. Again, we prescribe medications every day, um, but we are always trying to find out the root cause. Mm -hmm. And um, it's I think it's what sets Gillette Health apart from a lot of other clinics in our area, especially. One term that uh, is used from time to time is lifelong learner. And in the context of you know, conscious competence, individualized medicine, and getting at the mechanism of action. A phenomenon that I've noticed is that it's almost perjurative or it's seen as a negative thing if as a healthcare provider, you look something up, which is mind blowing to me. I, it is. I do it all the time. And I feel like it says to a patient, I mean, there's no way you can know everything about everything. And also sometimes things run together a little bit, but also that whole lifelong learner topic is things may have changed since the last time you had to look up this random thing you haven't mm -hmm. even thought about for two years. And so I'll say that to a patient, especially with like newer medications, um, some of the new ones that we're using, you know, like in the last couple months, they went up to a higher dose that yep. wasn't available before. So when I look up stuff with a patient, I call it out and I'm like, you know what, let's, let's look and make sure nothing's changed. Do you, do you ever do that with patients? Yeah, definitely. It's like, um, there is a 
culture that the only time you can learn is when you're doing your continuing medical education yeah. or CME. So that doesn't make sense. But um, anyway, I think we've talked about a lot of topics and hopefully helped us define what functional medicine is and is not. We will definitely have more parts to this. So this is just yeah. part one. Let's wrap it up for today um, and uh, join us next time. And we will dive more into other various topics. But as always, thank you for your time. Thanks, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.